and it's Rich Sports Talk broadcasting on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker, and of course on iTunes. You can catch all of our latest episodes on those four platforms. And if you'd like to get on the show, have any questions, or would love to give us feedback, we're always listening. Our email, richsportstalk at gmail.com. That's richsportstalk at gmail.com. Going to change up the formula a little bit today. We're going to have our own special episode on one topic, and it's a topic that I really personally love, and it involves the National Hockey League. Now, this might only concern a certain population, but I'm going to talk about the Hartford Whalers. Now, for those unfamiliar, the Hartford Whalers were an NHL team from 1979 till 1997, calling the Hartford Civic Center in the capital of Connecticut their home until they were moved in 97, and now they are currently in the NHL as the Carolina Hurricanes. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background before I go into what has transpired recently. But why am I talking about the Whalers now? I mean, this is a defunct team. They haven't been on the ice since 1997. Well, there's been a lot of news involving the logo about the team's namesake and history, and there's even been news coming out of the capital of Connecticut involving the Hartford Whalers. So we'll get into all of that, but let me start with a little brief history lesson for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Hartford Whalers. Now, before they were in the NHL, they were known as New England Whalers, and then they were purchased by Howard Baldwin and moved to Hartford in 1979, where they played till 1997. And this is a franchise, to be honest, that is known for its great logo, known for its great catchy theme song, The Brass Bonanza, which you heard in the intro, and of course, having Gordy Howe playing for this team. This team was not known for their success on the ice. In fact, they were known as the Forever 500s. This team barely made the playoffs, and when they did, the city threw them a parade. Just think about that. What city in this country for any sports team in a professional league would throw a parade if the team just made the playoffs? That's how much the Whalers were loved in the Hartford community. Now, many of you may be asking, why does this team still endure? Why is this team, even 20 years after their existence, still very much in the conscience of hockey fans? Well, for the most part, it's not only because of their iconic song, The Brass Bonanza, but mostly it's due to their iconic logo, which is the blue whale tail with a green W. But if you notice, it uses the negative space between the, the tail and the W, to form an H. So in that negative space between the W and the tail, there's the H for Hartford. And it's a subtle logo that many people, even when I just said this, a lot of people, you're, I just blew your mind. Like, what? There, there's, there's no H. Well, go, go look. There's an H between the tail and the W in that negative space. It's a really cool feature. And I actually did a story with the creator of the logo, Peter Brand, who still is a designer in Connecticut, to this day, and it was the only sports logo he ever designed, and he was tasked to design this logo by Howard Baldwin back in the 70s, and Howard Baldwin basically said, I wanted to create a new identity when the team moved to Hartford. Now, Peter Brand said this was very difficult because he wanted the whale to be, and talking to Mr. Brand, he said it was a very difficult task because the original Whalers logo had a harpoon in it, and he didn't want any negativity. So he was trying to think of a design that wasn't necessarily a whale. They did include a Pucky logo, which was their mascot. It's a whale. That was their shoulder logo for their majority throughout the 70s and 80s, and it's a good secondary logo. But he wanted to create something unique that had never been seen before. 
So he was doodling, and you, if you go to his shop that's in Coventry, Connecticut, he has a big poster on the wall which has all the initial designs. Originally, he was trying to use a trident in the W, but then it started to turn to a tail. He said, I just love the idea of combining the negative space in between to form the H with the whale tail and the W. Howard loved it, and of course, the rest, as we know, is history. Now, many of you might be sitting there and saying, well, wait, how come this team left? I mean... They, you're saying that they had a good fan base, you're saying that they had an iconic logo, and you're saying that they made a good impression on the National Hockey League. So why did this team leave? Well, in 1994, they were sold to Peter Carmanos, who said that, like all new owners, he wanted a new building in downtown Hartford. And on top of that, he said if he didn't get the new building, that the team would, of course, leave. He also said he wanted to see the attendance numbers go up, but he actually made it more difficult for fans to get tickets because he got rid of popular uh, smaller packages. I mean, you see these nowadays in the NHL where you can get season tickets, but it's not for the full season. It's a 10-game package. It's a 5-game package. He got rid of all that. So if you wanted to get season tickets, it was for the entire season or bust. Now, for a lot of middle-class and lower-class fans, this was very difficult because they were used to buying the 10, 12 game packages, and now that they were eliminated, they couldn't afford to get that. But despite this, their attendance went up in the last year, but Carmanos still decided to sell the team. So what was happening in Hartford in the mid-90s? There was two things that was working against the Whalers staying. Number one is Carmanos really never showed that he wanted to stay in Hartford. And the thing was, if you look at what was going on, the state actually agreed to build a new arena for him in Hartford, despite the Civic Center only being 20 years old. And the deal was that they would get a new arena. But the last second when the state said, okay, we've come up with the money, we're going to build you the arena, Carmanos basically said right when they were about to get the deal done, oh, by the way, I want to get burst and basically have all the debt that I'm going to accrue while the stadium's being built to be taken care of. So basically the state and the city finally said, you know what, we'll give you your arena. And after they give you the arena, you're like, well, I, I want more than the arena. I want to get extra money on top of that. And the state's like, whoa, we just agreed to give you a new arena. And now you want more money? Thanks, but no thanks. And the rest is history. And there was another factor here, which a lot of football fans actually don't know. And here's another little tidbit about the city of Hartford. At this time, it was right after Robert Kraft had recently purchased the New England Patriots. And he was having trouble getting a stadium deal in Foxborough. Now, this is pre-Tom Brady, pre-Bill Belichick. This was when the Patriots were one of the lower franchises in the NFL. They were almost an afterthought in most NFL circles. So what happened was around this time when the Whalers were looking to negotiate for a new arena, Robert Kraft had proposed the idea of moving the team to Hartford. And they actually had a deal done in Hartford in a stadium site all planned out. And long story short, the stadium site couldn't be done. And they were able to get the deal done in Foxborough. And it was a situation where Kraft was more or less looking to use Hartford for leverage to get his new stadium in Foxborough. But as you can see, Connecticut at the time, well, they had two issues. <sighs> well, Connecticut had two very interesting propositions. Do we keep an NHL franchise that the owner has one foot out the door, we agreed to give him a new arena, and he wants extra money on top of that, or do we take a chance and go with the New England Patriots? 
And even at that time, the 90s, the NFL was a lot more profitable than the National Hockey League. And you can see now, 20 years after this, the differences in how much a franchise is worth in the NHL compared to an NFL franchise. So it made a lot of sense for Connecticut to say, well, if we have a chance to get the Patriots, we'd be better off getting the Patriots from a long-term standpoint than to keep this hockey team that is not had a great degree of success on the ice. They're decent attendance, but they're not one of the best draws in the league. And by the way, the owner has made it very difficult to work with. So how does this relate to today? Well, here's how. So when they left Hartford, they moved to Carolina, became the Carolina Hurricanes, and even won a Stanley Cup in the mid-2000s. Now, despite all the success that they had, and it was a, on the ice, their success as the Hurricanes was a lot better than it was with the Hartford Whalers, yet, yet, with a bigger and nicer arena, and with less NHL competition in the area, the Whalers, over their last 20 years, drew better on average, than the Hurricanes did in their 20 years. And keep in mind, the Hurricanes won a Stanley Cup at one point. So what happened? On January 12th, the Hurricanes were sold to Tom Dundon out of Dallas for $420 million, giving him a 61% ownership of the franchise, while Peter Carmanos was reduced to 39%. So Dundon acquired the majority stake, and to help boost his team's image, keep in mind, this is the lowest drawing team percentage-wise in the NHL, only drawing 69% of attendance in the league, he started to do something very interesting, which was embrace the Whalers' heritage by playing this on the Brass Bonanza games, and even said this, uh, he was approached by a radio station, he was on air, and basically was asked more along the lines of about the Hartford Whalers' history. I think that's just an unbelievably good look, that Whalers merchandise, I think playing games in that jersey and selling that gear and it's part of the legacy and I think it's it's I just like cool stuff so if we don't mm -hmm. it will mean something went wrong and now this has been a franchise that has ignored their Hartford Weathers history for over the past two decades they have not made any connections to Hartford they have not acknowledged their uh, previous history in Hartford they don't have any of the championship banners any of the retired numbers from their previous eras, the Hartford Whalers, they basically, whenever the Whalers were brought up, they treated it as if they were almost an expansion franchise, that they didn't have a history in Hartford, which hurt a lot of fans. Now, on this radio show, Dundon made a very interesting point when it was brought up about possibly embracing this Whaler history. Now, this got a lot of people in both the Carolina and Hartford medias talking, and a lot of debate, especially in Hartford, on whether the team should wear these colors. And some fans were very irked by this suggestion for two reasons. Number one was because they had been ignored. And a lot of people in Connecticut felt hurt by this for a couple of reasons. The first reason being the wound still of the team moving. And basically that Carmanos and the previous regime had all but said, well, we don't even count Hartford a part of our history. Another big reason was people in Hartford feel like it's still their team. It's their colors, it's their logo, and they don't necessarily want to see that on the ice as part of the Carolina Hurricanes. And I can understand that. But the big reason, and I think this is the most important reason, is they see it as almost a cash grab because they realize how valuable the Whalers brand is. 
Now, I've actually talked to the NHL offices in New York to get this confirmed, but it turns out the Hartford Whalers actually do have the highest selling apparel for any defunct team, and there's a lot of defunct NHL teams, but they currently have the highest, and for a long time have had the highest per year in terms of apparel selling for vintage clubs. And the interesting fact is there are many years that they are they surpass many of the lower franchises. And there have been years when they've outsold the Hurricanes. Keep in mind, the website basically is just on like a couple t-shirts, maybe a jersey or two. They don't have the amount of products that are available to Carolina Hurricane fans. They're, it's very limited, but still it's a brand that continues to sell. And it was very interesting because there was a little bit of backlash uh, from the Hartford fan base saying, well, we don't want to see this on the ice. And then I saw some Carolina journalists saying that Hartford should just be quiet and stop whining about losing their team. Well, wait a minute. I, I think that it was very difficult for Hartford Willers fans, and I get Carolina. I understand that they want they have their own identity, they have their own history, and they want that to be embraced rather than the history of the of the Whalers. But they also have to realize how badly fans were treated in Hartford basically saying that their history didn't matter for years and years and years. And now this team is sold to a new ownership. They all of a sudden now are re-embracing that Whaler history that was ignored for two decades. And I think a lot of Whaler fans in Hartford were hurt. And I think Carolina also is is still afraid that even though they now have a new ownership, that team might not be there very long because of their poor attendance and where they rank in terms of value in the NHL, they're constantly, if they're not the least valuable franchise according to Forbes, they're the second least valuable. But it's very interesting, and I think part of this backlash from Carolina came because they feel like they have a chance that they could still lose this franchise. Connecticut is making a play to bring the Whalers back for a day, but they're also saying... If you would consider it, we would like a team back here. And this was cleared by a letter from the governor of Connecticut that was sent out on February 9th to Mr. Dundon. But this is the letter from Governor Malloy to the new Hurricanes ownership. Dear Mr. Dundon, I read with interest your recent comments expressing desire for the Carolina Hurricanes to play select games wearing historic Hartford Whalers uniforms and I would like to invite the team to return home, at least for one day. As you are no doubt aware, Whalers fandom remains strong in Connecticut and throughout the region. Nearly 20 years after the team left, Whalers gear remains the top seller among non-current NHL teams, and the Whalers Brigade continues to host a successful radio program. In short, the Whalers spirit is alive and well in Hartford. And this is the short proposal. Uh, this is for the one-game proposal. We'll get into the long-term proposal, but this is what he wants in the short term. My proposal is simple. Bring the Whalers back to their rightful home for a regular season outdoor game at Pratt and Whitney Stadium at Rensselaer Field. Uh, this is the UConn uh, football stadium right outside the city of Hartford. With a capacity of over 40,000 and a ready market anxious for an NHL team, eager to fill seats, buy tickets, and merchandise, and support their team. This would be a perfect opportunity for the Hurricanes to embrace the franchise's heritage and be embraced by a grateful fan base. Alternatively, 
We, of course, would be thrilled to have the Hurricanes return for a regular season game at the XL Center, their former home, the Hartford Civic Center. We have recently installed a new NHL quality ice floor and dashboards, and the state has put forward an ambitious plan to modernize and upgrade its amenities and expand its luxury seating options. Now we get to turn to the point where Malloy's trying to say, if you're not happy with Carolina and it doesn't get better, you have another suitor. We boast three of the country's top-tier men's college hockey teams in Quinnipiac, Yale, and the University of Connecticut, and our state has reduced a large number of successful NHL players. I am convinced that the Hurricanes' reputation in Connecticut, combined with our prime market dynamics, would make clear that Hartford is far more viable long-term home for the team than Raleigh. Now this is basically going into full sales pitch mode about why Hartford is a better destination than Raleigh. Hartford offers an NHL market with more Fortune 500 companies than many NHL cities, including Raleigh, Columbus, Buffalo, and Nashville, with a substantial number of second-stage growth companies. 35% of the households within 60 minutes have an average income of $100,000. There are 1.2 million people within a 30-minute drive and 3.1 million within 60 minutes. Nate Silver of the 535 estimated that 175,000 avid NHL fans live in our market, which is comparable to or better than some current host cities, including Las Vegas. Further, our media market is the largest in the United States without a major sports franchise. For those of you who don't know, it's a top 30 market, which would indicate there's substantial room for growth. Thank you for your consideration. I look forward to working together to make this game and potentially more a reality. I have asked Commissioner Catherine Smith of the Connecticut Department of Economic and Community Development to follow up with specific information. Sincerely, Daniel P. Malloy, Governor. So basically what the Connecticut government governor So basically what the Connecticut governor is saying is we really like that you're appreciating our heritage and if things don't work out in Raleigh We'll move heaven and earth to get you back to Hartford. For Connecticut, Governor Malloy has really put a lot of plans together for sports franchises, and it's in the end goal, I think, to bring in an NHL team once again back to the state. And he's trying to also renovate the XL Center. They have talked about multiple plans uh, to put in hundreds of millions of dollars. The most recent one was they want to do a $100 million renovation to the XL Center, which was the Hartford Civic Center where the Whalers used to play. And they're trying to make it into an NHL quality arena, even though the building is 40 years old. Now, they've also done a lot of things in the city to make it a bigger sports town. They recently built a $60 million baseball stadium for the AA Hartford Yard Goats, the affiliate of the Colorado Rockies, which last year was one of the highest attended ballparks in the country and rated as one of the top fan experiences. And he's also working on a plan to bring in a new stadium for not the MLS, but it's the secondary soccer league. They're trying to renovate a stadium in Hartford to bring in a minor league soccer franchise. But it is very interesting because now for this new owner of the Hurricanes, he's, I think this is a good test for him because he's going to see how well the Whaler brand does. And if it is successful and things in Raleigh don't improve, at least he knows, hey, Hartford is an option. It would be interesting because the NHL has trended toward maybe giving Hartford more of an opportunity than it would have 10 years ago, and I'll get into that in a minute. But more importantly, it's this is a situation where it reminds me a little bit of the 
uh, Brooklyn Dodgers and Walter O'Malley in the 1950s. And I know this is like apples and oranges, but keep in mind uh, the main purpose of Walter O'Malley was he wanted to keep the team in Brooklyn. Now, a lot of Dodger fans, this is a sore subject, especially if you're a Brooklyn Dodger fan. But he wanted to keep the team in Brooklyn. He actually picked out a site which is currently, this is how much of a visionary he was, he picked the site where the Barclays Center currently is on Flatbush and Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. And he realized that was the terminus for the Long Island Railroad. It was the perfect site for a stadium. All he had to do was get approved by the state, and they wouldn't let him build there. He tried everything to build a new stadium. And then Los Angeles came along, hey, if you're not happy with New York, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. And after a while, when things didn't get better, he said, you know what, I'm going to take a chance, went to Los Angeles, and the rest is history. Now, getting to this proposal, I, I do think bringing the Hurricanes for an exhibition game definitely could be a possibility. I'd be hard-pressed to see the Hurricanes do an outdoor game or a regular season game in Hartford. I just think they're trying to make it work in that market. It would be an interesting proposal for the stadium series. I, I do think it would be cool to see like the Whalers take on the Bruins or the uh, Rangers at Rensselaer Field as one of the stadium series games. That could be very intriguing, and it could be a good possibility for the NHL because they love to sell those stadium series jerseys, and it would be a Whalers throwback without question. So I do think it is a possibility. I don't think it's a likely one, but I do think it would be an intriguing possibility for the NHL to explore that. For the Hurricane fans, I understand that they want to keep their heritage and their history separate for the Whalers, and I get it. But they don't understand how painful it was for this community to lose the Whalers. And it wasn't necessarily because of you know the state not building a new arena. They had a plan in place. It wasn't because of attendance. It was because the owner really didn't want to be here and move the franchise. And it's a situation now where I think a team could come back and be successful in Hartford. I think the dynamics of the NHL has changed. Uh, they are looking to expand more. They've already looking to get 32 franchises, and they're talking about Seattle, which I'll get into in a second, but Las Vegas has been extremely successful. Winnipeg, which was a smaller market than even Hartford, has been successful. Now, do I think the big thing is going to be the arena. They're going to have to have either a major renovation to the XL Center or completely build a new stadium. That's just the way it, the sports landscape is, is they need, they want top-of-the-line stadiums and arenas to have a franchise, and that's basically the biggest bargaining chip is that infrastructure. But Seattle actually is the interesting case for Hartford. It's not because of its uh, size and its demographics. I think the biggest thing for Seattle, which gives more hope to a team in Hartford, will be their arena situation, which is Key Arena. Now, Key Arena was the home of the Seattle Supersonics when they were the basketball team, but there's a plan to extensively renovate that building from top to bottom to make it an NHL-specific arena. Now, why is this very important? Well, because the trend has been that you need a brand new stadium to really lure a franchise in. Now, if Seattle sets the precedent that you can have an existing arena and renovate it to the point where NHL franchise feels it's state-of-the-art, I think that makes it more viable for Hartford because they already have the arena in place, 
And their big plan is they want to renovate it to the point where they can get an NHL team back instead of building a brand new arena, which would cost a lot more money. And it would be a hard situation because where the XL Center is in Hartford, it's right in the downtown area. And it would be very difficult to move the site and build, find another site in the city to put an arena. But if they were to rebuild on that site, then you'd lose business for well over two years. That's the home of UConn hockey. That's the home of UConn basketball, both the men's and women's, which are very profitable, and also a major concert venue in Connecticut. So that's really not a great option either. But I do think the renovation plan, they're talking about putting in between $100 and $200 million for renovating, for making it an NHL quality arena. And that's why I think Seattle is very interesting because if Seattle can prove with Key Arena that they can have a state-of-the-art arena in a new in an older building that's renovated. I think it gives fans in Hartford a shot that the Whalers could come back because then it, it proves that the NHL isn't necessarily moving into brand-new buildings. They're moving into NHL-quality buildings. And I think that would be a more intriguing possibility and a cheaper option rather than building a brand-new $500 million stadium. Instead of investing $200 million, which I think is a more profitable venture and would be more attractive to uh, taxpayers in the state of Connecticut. And it's interesting because the Whalers, they've been in the news. It's been, once again, the talk about moving a team or the Hurricanes back to Hartford. But the brand has been revitalized by their new ownership. I'm really curious to see how that takes off and how that works in terms of how popular the brand is now they're starting to push new merchandise is it a long shot that the weathers come back to hartford yes but i do think after this new ownership and if seattle is successful not only getting a team but putting a team in an arena that's been renovated up to nhl standard makes it more of a possibility that hartford will one day have an nhl franchise and that the whalers will one day return but until then, all we have of the Hartford Whalers are the great memories they provide from 1979 to 1997. And hopefully Hartford can get a team back. Will the Brass Bonanza ever return to the city of Hartford? It's almost impossible to say. At this point, it's still more of a dream than a reality. But at least Connecticut is taking the steps to entice the Hurricanes to consider Hartford their home, even if it is for just one day and who knows maybe if Seattle see and who knows if Seattle's arena plan works and the AHL continues their aggressive expansion maybe they'll call on Hartford one day I do think it's more of reality today than it was 10 years ago but only time will tell if the brass bonanza will once again return to the city of Hartford that's going to do it for this episode of rich sports talk thank you so much for joining us remember to follow and subscribe you can follow us and subscribe on any of our four platforms we are currently broadcasting on. That is Spreaker, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and iTunes. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, we, of course, have the Rich Sports Talk Facebook page, which has a direct link to our blog, which will have some great sports stories. We're going to do a special on the New England Patriots and can they find their next Jimmy Garoppolo this week. And, of course, on the podcast, we'll be talking about the NFL draft with the Combine just around the corner. We'll get to our first mock draft this week. All 32 picks coming up. That will be on later this week. Once again, this is Rich Sports Talk. If you'd like to get in contact with the show and get on, if you have any questions, we would love to have you on air. Please send us an email to richsportstalk at gmail.com. That's richsportstalk at gmail.com. 
I'm Nolan Rich, and thank you so much for joining us on the Whaler Special. And we're going to play you out, of course, with some brass bonanza. Until next time, Rich Sports Talk.